And so happy Easter. You guys are looking good. I wore my bow tie for you today. Good to see you. Good to see you. And uh, there's something that Christians do, and it's okay if you don't know this. Sometimes when we say Christ is risen, people respond, he is risen indeed. You want to try it? Here we go. Christ is risen. risen Let's try to be louder because there's a lot of people. Christ is risen. risen. Hey, there they are. They're alive. All right. Well, it's good to to hear from you and good to have you here. And uh, yeah, the message is this, that Christ came for us, Christ died for us, and Christ rose for us so that we could be free, so that we could have joy. And we are set free from sin. We are set free from the devil. And yes, we are set free from death itself because of Jesus, a resurrected Lord. How awesome. How awesome. And today, joy wins. Is it right if on Easter Sunday we talk about joy? There are pictures of joy. In fact, sometimes I, I stalk members on Facebook, and I just want to warn you about that. And I've been seeing some, some joyful pictures on, on Facebook because there's spring break going on. And there's trips to Florida and Costa Rica, and every now and then I see how much joy people are having. It's pretty cool. What's your favorite picture of joy? Well, for other people, it's sports. Sorry, Loyola, Chicago. But, but you, you know the, the victory pictures, right? This is a picture of joy. And, and then I have both sides represented here. I won't hold on which one longer or not, but yeah, these are pictures of joy, aren't they? Um, Sorry, Sox fans. Anyway, Um, and uh, and there's more, right? I mean, sometimes the picture of joy is something that I'm eating. You know, I don't know if there's people excited to eat ham, and I'm a little bit curious. Does anyone like peeps? Is that, okay, like, you're the minority, I'm pretty sure. But anyway, uh, but food, you know, donuts are joy, Right? Um, what else is joy? Maybe for you, it's family time, and, and you're getting together, and, and you just love sometimes hanging out, right? I consider uh, my, my sister's family. I want to show you my sister, uh, and this is a good, good family, and, and this is my niece named Esme, and, and just hang with the fam, right? Because that's joy. One Easter Sunday, I wanted to show you what I thought was maybe the best clip of joy, and uh, if you're on the tech table, feel free to crank up this video, Okay. Um, because I, I saw a dad singing to a daughter, and I just love this picture. Are you ready for it? Here it is. Every night I hope and pray A dream lover will come my way A girl to hold in my arms Until the magic of her charms Because I want a girl to call Dream alone, dream lover, so I don't have to dream alone, dream lover, so I don't have to dream alone, please don't let me 
para quedar. But I think I found a better picture of joy. And I wanted to share it with you. It's this one. It's Jesus taking life back. And this means we have joy that will last more than that song. This means we have hope that is real. Hope is found. It's one today. And I think, I don't know about you, but this world needs joy. You can make a case that joy is really gone from our society. I think of the real problem of mood disorders. And I'm not looking down on them, but they're real. They're, there are people struggling with anxiety and depression. And our society is spending a lot of money trying to, to answer how do we get past these bad feelings. Sometimes we run ourselves so ragged that even if we have a day that is a 10 out of a 10, we don't even have a chance to take it in. Man, there are real struggles to get joy today. And there is a real devil. I don't know what your spiritual background is. Again, welcome if you're not a Christian. We're so glad to have you. But there is a real devil, and he is trying to lead you into paths that will give you temporary joy but lasting depression. He's trying to block you from the things that would cause real joy, which is the Lord, which is the Word of God. The struggle is real, and because of this, maybe you can relate. Joy in our society, it is a rare thing. I came across a quote that I thought hit the nail on the head. It said, joy is not a frequent visitor. And what it does appear, it's fleeting. And this is true. Joy is not like that relative at your Easter celebration that you wish would leave. No, joy doesn't stay long enough. But I want this Easter Sunday to make a game plan for joy. And, and I want it just to, to be what happens in these moments. But I want it to be what happens out there in your life as we talk about a living God and a living word that's going to work into your life. And so we want to wrestle it, and we're going we're gonna to see how can we get more joy in our lives. And to answer this, we need to first ask, well, what is the source of your joy? We talked a lot of, about good things, and, uh, and if the source of our joy is a team, well, when that team like Loyola loses, where does our joy go? If our joy is in a spring break or a vacation, the only problem is that spring breaks and vacation, well, they end. If joy is in food, well, food is good, but the taste doesn't last. If joy is in people, what happens when they're having a rotten, terrible, no good day? It turns out that they're rotten, terrible, no good people on those days. You know, the problem, if we, if we don't connect joy to the right thing, is this. That if the source of your joy can be defeated, that means your joy, you're setting yourself up for failure. It will not last. Do you know what you and I need? Someone who's an anchor, a rock, a refuge, a cornerstone, a firm foundation. We need someone who cannot be defeated. And even when all hell breaks loose against him, he will rise up victorious. We need someone named, amen. And Jesus is real. And so we're going to talk about finding our joy in Jesus. And I know that's a churchy truism on Easter Sunday, find joy in Jesus. But we're going to make a game plan. We're going to talk practically about how to get joy into our lives this Easter Sunday. So to do that, though, we're going to look at the Word of God. L let's turn there now. you got worship folders. And uh, the Easter account that we have is, is written by an eyewitness named Matthew. And remember, the Bible is a compilation of eyewitnesses who walked with Jesus, who recorded something... And so Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, they all wrote account of the resurrection. 
And we don't just believe it is Matthew, though, writing these words. We believe God, in a miraculous way, is preserving this message for us to know and for us to glean from. And because we do think it is God who is speaking, I'm going to invite you in honor of God's word to please stand. To please stand. And we get to hear finally the voice of God speaking to us through these words. We continue. It says, after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. That'd be amazing to see. And his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, don't be afraid. For I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. I want you to say this next yellow part with me. You ready to say this next line with me? He is not here. He has risen. That's the Easter message. Just as he said. Come and see the place where, they, where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. And now I have told you. So the woman hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy. And they ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And this is the word of God that we get to consider. Could you turn to the person next to you and tell them joy wins? Joy wins. And can you turn to your second pick and, and tell them because Jesus won? So this is your second pick. <laughs> no offense. All right, you can sit down. You can sit down. <clears throat> Just having some fun. It is, after all, April Fool's Day. You know, um, I, I, was, uh, I, was, I was watching um, the news recently, and I heard of a kind of disturbing safari event. And, and, and for me, when it comes to deadly animals, I, I, I don't want to mess with them, and I hope that they don't mess with me. You know, that's just how I work with deadly things, right? You, you, I don't mess with you, you don't mess with me. But, but in, in Africa, there was a safari, and a safari gone wrong, because there was a cheetah that jumped into that open jeep. This cheetah, a deadly animal. And can you imagine how this dude feels, right? This is not a good day for this man. In fact, the story goes that this guy was from Hoffman Estates. He actually died because of the cheetah, and the funeral is tomorrow. April Fools. April Fools. He didn't die. Okay. Woo. All right. Sorry about that. I had to throw one in there. You're still with me. He didn't die. He didn't die. Woo. All right. Don't worry. I did get some of you. I win. Anyway. But he was afraid. Right? We can agree with that. He didn't get hurt. But can you imagine being in a car where a cheetah is breathing in your ear? And I hear that to counteract that cheetah, you're not supposed to look them in the eye. Otherwise, they might consider you a threat and actually go after you. So the actual game plan is to play dead in order to survive. And he did survive. I'm sorry. Um, I wonder, though, on Easter Sunday, who is more afraid? This guy with the cheetah? Or the guards with the angel. So the guards, they, they understand that the earthquake came. Look, look at the story once again. A violent earthquake, that's enough to scare me right away. Cold sweats go, what's, what's going on? 
And an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, going to the tomb, rolled back the stone that they were supposed to be guarding so that no one did that, sat on it. His appearance was like lightning. His clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. And their fear was founded. They're on the wrong side of right on Easter Sunday. Their job is to try to stop the resurrection. And I don't know what you know about God, but his plans are unstoppable. He will move heaven and earth in order to accomplish what he said he was going to accomplish. And these guards, they have fears that are founded. Do you know I can relate to the guards? And maybe you can too. In somber moments when I'm real, with when I've been on the the wrong side or right when it comes to God, I understand what I truly deserve. You know, there's this passage that says what we truly deserve is not a cheetah to take our life or the, or the angel to zap us. It says the wages of sin is death. And it's something that I'm real with. What I deserve from God is no good thing. And that fear is founded. But Easter proves I don't have to stay in fear. Easter proves there is a better way. Easter proves I can get past that feeling though it exists. And the women on Easter Sunday show us the way. So let's look at them. Let's look at them. The angel doesn't just appear to the guards. He appears to the women. And look what he says. He says to the women. And again, he's not saying to, this, to the guards because the guards have a right to be afraid. Don't be afraid. And why don't they need to be afraid? I know you're looking for Jesus. Those who are looking for Jesus don't need to be afraid. See, these disciples, they they walked with Jesus. These women walked with Jesus. They knew Jesus. And now they're trying to prepare his body and see where Jesus is. And when you look for Jesus, you don't have to be afraid. In fact, at the end, it says in verse 8, Look how they returned. They were afraid, maybe because of the earthquake and, and, a, and a lightning angel. I've never seen an, a lightning angel. But, but they were filled with, what's that word? Joy. But, but, but I, don't, I don't like this translation. I translate the Greek, and it's not because I'm a highbrow or I'm better than you. But, but they left out a word. They left out the word megalon. And we still use that word every now and then. Mega. Anyone grow up playing Mega Man? Mega Man's a good man. He's a big man. He's a good, good guy. And, and, and it said, mega joy. They didn't just have a little bit of joy. This joy was overwhelming. Mega joy. Big joy because they were looking for Jesus. You want joy to win. Joy wins when you look to and for Jesus. And that's what we've come to do today. Look what the psalm says about those who look to Jesus. Psalm 34 says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame because when you look for Jesus, you find him. And you hear you have forgiveness for all of your sin. And you hear you have a father who is a good, good father with open arms. And you hear about the spirit who is able to give you the peace and joy that you cannot give to yourself. And you hear that when you're in love with God, this perfect love is enough to drive away all our fears. And you hear that there is a victory That is ours now but will culminate someday because we will be with God. And some of you got dressed up to see Jesus today. You came to look for Jesus. You came to celebrate the empty tomb. And some of you Christians, you know the true feast is not the ham dinner. No, no, it's this message that he is risen. He is risen indeed. And then maybe there are those who are just joining us today. You were invited 
Maybe you don't even want to be here, but I would tell you, this message is for you. You have the right to be released. You have the right for forgiveness. You have the right to victory, and you don't have to be afraid because of Jesus. But I'm not done yet. Is that all right? There's more to talk about this Easter Sunday. And to continue on, I want to bring up a movie that I would endorse. If you want to enhance your Easter experience, I would say go see this movie. You want to be careful with the kids, though. They'll be your decision. But this movie came out called I Can Only Imagine. Anyone go see this movie already? And again, be careful. Uh, the, the childhood for this man, it was tough. So, so there are things that, that I, I wouldn't recommend for children. But, but this is a story of Bart Millard, the lead singer of Mercy Me. And the story goes that he grew up with a, a father who was a monster of a man, did horrible things. But near the end of his life, was redeemed by God. God changed his story, and that's what God does. And because of this, after he died, Bart Millard was inspired to write a song called, I Can Only Imagine. Has anyone ever heard that song? I want to share with you this song and, uh, and just go from there. Just a, a brief clip. for you the words of that refrain it said surrounded by your glory what will my heart feel will I dance for you Jesus I probably won't but in awe of you be still will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall will I sing hallelujah will I be able to speak at all you know uh, spoiler alert for the movie this came at a time during a, a Amy Grant concert where, where Amy was supposed to sing it but Bart Millard got up and, and sang his song, and it became the anthem for Mercy Me. But during that movie, I had an ugly cry. I just let it all out, because in that moment, it was less about Bart Millard's story, and it was more about mine. When I heard him sing that refrain, I thought, what will it be? 
when I'm no longer here in the veil of tears? What will it be like when I see Jesus face to face? What will it be like when we're in heaven together and all the sorrow is done, all the pain is done? And the ugly cry was because it was so good. That's why I'm a pastor. That's why I'm a Christian. Because I know what is coming. And though I can only imagine, I know it's going to be much greater than anything this world has to offer. And I wouldn't miss it. You know, it kind of reminds me of a man named Job. Job was in the midst of his suffering and veil of tears. And what did Job say? He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. And that in the end he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. I myself will see him with my own eyes. I and not another. How my heart yearns within me. You want joy this Easter? Joy is remembering that we are going to see Jesus. Joy is remembering that that is not an if but a when. And you can try to imagine. You can put your mind there. But it's going to be yours. This feast that has no end. This culmination of victory. That is our message this Easter, this Easter Sunday. But there's more I think we can learn from the lesson. And the great thing about the women on Easter is they didn't have to wait to see Jesus. In fact, look what happens. It says, suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. And so when they see Jesus, they, they kind of fill in the, the details of the song that he was imagining. What did they do? They didn't dance. No, they fell to their knees. They clasped, and they worshipped. And this reminds me of a proper posture this Easter Sunday. I think the posture of what they do can preach to us today. It kind of reminds me what they do uh, is what toddlers do when you're growing up. Do you, do you remember when kids did this to your leg? I, I was trying to have Nadia up this morning, but there's ice cream infusion, so I couldn't get her. Um, priorities, anyway. And, and, and you know how it is dragging them along, right? Got to be careful with the turns, right? And, and what, what this is telling you is that they're not letting go. It's that song, where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. I will follow. Right, And that's the proper posture. The proper posture, even if we don't have a visible God and a leg to hold on to, is to say nothing can get in the way of me seeing Jesus, of me being with him. I was reading from Isaiah, and it said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Well, we found him. Are you going to seek him? If he gives you a leg, will you grab the leg? If he gives you a book, will you grab the book? If he gives you a church, will you grab the church? If he gives you a baptism, will you grab the baptism? If he gives you a supper, will you come and receive it regularly? This is the opportunity to pick the posture of those Easter women and to say nothing's getting in the way. You're going to have to drag me. You're going to have to try to pry me off because I found you. I'm a little bit impatient to see Jesus. And I don't know if you have any impatient people in your household. You know them, they're the ones asking the question, when's it time to eat? They're the ones sitting there asking, when's it over? It's okay, you're welcome. They're, they're, they're the ones saying, when are we going to get there? They're the ones wondering, when's vacation start? When's it Friday? God has put that spirit in me. I don't know how many people are here. I, I've often said with Paul, you know, to live as Christ, but to die, you know what that would be? Does anyone know how that finishes? To live as Christ, but to die, guess what that would be? It'd be gain. Because what I can only imagine will then be culminated and fulfilled. 
to gain, and I'm not looking down on my life. God has been gracious in my life. I could sing you praises over what he has done and how much more than, than what I deserve I have. It's not about that, but it's about that when I am there, then I will gain. And I'm a little bit impatient. And if you're impatient about that, I got an Easter gift for you. Do you know how when you're playing Super Mario Brothers, okay, I know I'm a kid from the 80s. Anyone grow up playing Super Mario Brothers? Who can relate to me? And you play Super Mario Brothers, every now and then you found this warp tunnel, which we call the warp zone. And a warp zone is great because you get to skip. You get to skip to where you want to go. Princess, yeah, right? Warp zone. Boom. Well, if our goal is to see God as a pastor, I've been trying to find the warp zone, and I think I found it. Are you ready? So, like, I know we're not going to see him in the flesh, but I found you the warp zone. It was hidden in this teaching that Jesus gave. It was his famous sermon called the Sermon on the Mount. It was called the Beatitudes. And tucked away in the Beatitudes was the warp zone. Here it is. Blessed are the pure in heart, for then you will see God. It's a warp zone, friends. For those who are pure in heart, you can start to imagine and have the culmination of what it must be like with God. How awesome. And I consider how in life we, we often don't like people getting in our way of what we want to see. If you were watching March Madness and you have a, a spouse in your way or a dog in your way or a cat in your way, uh, sometimes you can be snarky and you can tell them, you make a better blank than a window. You make a better... Right, and you've been at a concert, and, and maybe you were vertically challenged, and someone wasn't, and they're standing, and, and they make a better door than a window. And, and maybe that vertically challenged sat on someone's shoulders who wasn't, and now they're making a better door than a window. And we get frustrated, right? We're like, out of the way, I need to see this. I wonder, though, in, in our quest to see God, how cavalier we are, how, how not careful we are of letting things get in the way and block the view. How many times you don't even think how we're letting in a message, we're letting in people, we're letting in news, whether it be true or fake, we're letting in all these things block our view. We wouldn't let that happen for March Madness, we wouldn't let that happen at a concert, but we're letting it happen in our lives all the time. So I want you to gain the warp tunnel this Easter Sunday. I want you to pick a path of purity so you can see God. I want you to start analyzing what are the things that are better doors than windows and seeing God today and saying, I don't have time to put up with that. you got to move. And one of the greatest pathways, I believe, was found in Philippians that helps us do this. In Philippians, it says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Take the warp zone. But it isn't just that the women saw Jesus on Easter Sunday. It is that they heard from Jesus on Easter Sunday. And what did Jesus say? Suddenly Jesus met them and he said greetings. And I don't like greetings once again. I don't like the translation because the true Greek word was rejoice. Rejoice, have joy. And this reminds me of how good it is to hear from those we love. I don't know if you're married, but every now and then my wife and I send each other texts, and it's good. It's good to hear from my wife that I'm loved. Maybe there's some grade school kids, and you write notes, 
And there's like folded in 96 different patterns. I think you're nifty. Whatever you say nowadays. <laughs> Probably not nifty. But there's joy in hearing this message from those that we love, isn't there? And this message, again, is, is not hidden like our Easter baskets. This message has been clearly revealed. And let me speak to this message just a little bit. If you open the Bible, what you find in the message is that we were a mess. And this mess started in a garden we called Eden because of man and women's rebellion. But there is a great cosmic janitor called Jesus, and Jesus said, there is no mess dirty enough that I cannot clean up. And so he was on a mission to clean up the mess. And he was prophesied to Eve, saying Eve would have an offspring to crush the devil. And he was prophesied to Abraham, saying there would be a blessing for all nations. And he was prophesied to David as a king forever. And he was prophesied through Isaiah as a suffering servant. And that came to fruition. Jesus is not just a historical teacher. He's not just a good man. Jesus is the Savior who had been prophesied, and he came. And Jesus duked it out with the devil. He did that for us. So that not giving in to temptation, anyone who believes will be credited righteousness and wear that righteous robe. And he dies our death. That's the cross. He dies what we deserve. He pays it in full. And then he rises. So that I can declare to you, joy wins. And you are loved. And so we celebrate. So you want joy. Joy wins when we hear Jesus' message. And, and I don't know what you know about church, but we kind of do this every week. And, and by the way, there, there are donuts every week too, and there are friendly faces every week. And it's a good word every week. And so if you want to come back, I double-dog dare you to come back. Because it's going to be just as good next week as it is today, and I don't even know if you know that. Um, it's always good. Because Jesus is here. There's joy in hearing this message. But you remember that dad? I want to put that in your mind this Easter Sunday. Remember that dad singing to his infant daughter? And you remember the daughter's reaction? I would love to make my mission in life to make anyone that happy. What about you? I would love if God could use me so that anyone would go... And maybe not exactly like that, that'd be weird, but, but you know what I'm saying. Like, they'd feel it on the inside at least, right? And that is actually why I am a pastor. Because I believe that when we tell people about a father's love, not dream lover, but of a Jesus who won for them, then people on the inside go, ah, and it's just awesome. And that's what we've been doing for about nine and a half years here at Amazing Love. And it's not just what I do, but it's what the members of this church do because we got a mission. And some of you know your mission. Can you say the mission with me? It is to reach the lost with the love of Christ. And we're going to say we're going to make people happy because we're going to be instruments in God's hands telling them how Jesus won. And you want a pathway to joy. I hope you've heard something that gives it. But the final thing is this. Joy wins when you tell others the victory of Jesus because there's a, a reciprocal nature to that joy then. It's like joy in the overflow. It's like you got joy, I got joy. It's this great joy. It's awesome. All because of a simple message 
But the angel said, he is not here, he is risen. And you know deep in your soul, joy wins. Happy Easter. Amen. Please stand.